This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Let's continue our study of the nine spiritual gifts, and today we'll discuss the gift of faith. Let's read our passage once more. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work of that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. That's first 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. Let's talk today about the gift of faith, friend. As mentioned in my introductory broadcast of the spiritual gifts, the gift of faith is the first of the three power gifts. Let's be very clear from the outset that faith could be described as the currency of God's kingdom. There is saving faith granted to each man to enter the kingdom of God, as outlined in Romans 12:3. We also know that faith can be increased in one's life by hearing the word of God over and over, which Romans 10:17 makes clear. Jude 20 also demonstrates that faith can be built upon by praying in the Holy Ghost. But none of these attributes of faith can be included within the jurisdiction of the gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is unique because it's given supernaturally for a period of time, in contrast to general or saving faith mentioned in the book of Romans. It's a gift given to the believer in order that he or she might receive miracles in their life. On the other hand, the gift of the working of miracles is a gift of the Spirit given to the believer that he might work miracles. So in essence, the gift of faith receives, but in contrast, the gift of the working of miracles, which is another power gift, does something. It's interesting that power gifts often work together, as do the utterance gifts of the word of wisdom, knowledge, and prophecy. It's also significant to mention that all gifts of the Spirit operate by faith, and if faith in God is not applied, no spiritual gift can operate. It takes faith on the part of the believer to manifest the gift in question. That's where our simple faith is involved. Remember, ordinary faith comes by hearing the Word of God, but this is not the same as the gift of faith. One could call this gift special faith to receive a miracle in your life, and it's also separate and distinct from faith mentioned as a fruit in Galatians 5.22. Friend, I hope you're not confused right now, but let's recap. There is saving faith granted to every man in Romans 12.3. Then there is faith that comes by hearing God's word, Romans 10.17. Then there's faith which is listed as a fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5.22. And finally, the topic of our discussion today, the gift of faith. So the gift of faith is special. It's a faith given by the Holy Spirit for us to receive a special miracle when we need it that our normal level of faith could not attain by itself. Let me put it to you in simple terms so you can delineate between them all. I like the way Brother Kenneth E. Hagen put it, and I certainly can't say it any better myself. The fruits of the Spirit are for character, and the gifts of the Spirit are for power. I'll say that again. The fruits of the Spirit are for character, and the gifts of the Spirit are for power. 
Remember, fruit is something that grows. So faith is also a fruit that grows in the life of a Christian to establish him or her in a godly spiritual character. As I've said, the gift of faith is distinct from the gift of the working of miracles, although both gifts produce miracles. Remember, the gift of faith receives a miracle, but the gift of the working of miracles gives out miracles or performs them. One of them is passive and the other is active. The working of miracles is active. The gift of faith is passive because it receives. One Old Testament example of the gift of faith in operation is when God shut up the mouths of the lions in the lion's den. When Daniel was in the lion's den, he received a miracle, and by definition, this was the gift of faith operating. In those days, as well as throughout history, there have been those who were thrown to the lions, and the lions devoured them, especially in the Colosseum in Rome, but it wasn't the case for Daniel. In Daniel 6.23 it reads, Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. There is no doubt that God gave Daniel special faith, a special manifestation of the Spirit, to receive deliverance from the lion's den. Daniel didn't do anything. He just believed God. He just lay down and went to sleep. His faith was passive rather than active because he received the miracle. We don't know exactly how this occurred. We know an angel was involved, and presumably Daniel was witness to the angel's workings. So he went to sleep after he saw the angel shut the mouth of the lion's. Throughout the Bible, we see how the gift of faith worked primarily for people who were in danger. And through this gift, they possessed a calmness, quietness, and assurance that can only be described as supernatural. One instance of this in the New Testament is when Jesus was asleep in the boat during a raging storm in Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. And it says, And the same day, when the even was come, he said to them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And one said to the other, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, friend, I want you to catch this. Jesus was operating in the gift of faith here, knowing that God the Father was taking care of the situation. Now, some people might say, yes, well, that's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He can do anything. It's true. He was the Son of God. But Jesus never did anything except by the power of the Holy Ghost when he was on the earth. Remember in Philippians 2.7, it says Jesus voluntarily stripped himself of what power he had as the Son of God when he came to the earth. Jesus was just as much the Son of God before the Holy Ghost baptism in the River Jordan as he was after he was anointed. He stripped himself of the divine power vested in him when he walked this earth. Remember, he never worked any miracles prior to the time he was baptized by John the Baptist, despite false claims by Gnostic Gospels like the Gospel of Thomas or even the Quran, stating that Jesus performed miracles before the age of 30. No, he didn't do them until he was baptized by the Spirit of God. 
If he had worked miracles by some power that was inherent in him as the Son of God, he would not have told us that we could do the works that he did. But remember in John fourteen twelve, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So if Jesus did the works as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost, then certainly under the inspiration and anointing of the Holy Ghost, believers too, all believers, from every race and culture all over the world, can do the same works that he commanded us to do so. Friend, how powerful is that? Jesus is a firstborn among many brethren. He showed us as a model and template for what was to come as the Apostle Peter and Paul and Thomas and all the other apostles went about using the name of Jesus. Friend, this is not stopped. The church age has not ceased, friend. We are to continue to use the name of Jesus and do the works of Christ. So back to our text, while the raging storm swept the sea and threatened the safety of the disciples in this passage, Jesus was fast asleep. He wasn't bothered by the storm at all. Just as when Daniel lay down in the lion's den and slept in the face of danger in perfect peace and calm assurance. Why? Because both Jesus and Daniel each possessed a faith beyond the simple general faith every believer can have through the word of God. And this, my friend, is the gift of faith in operation. It positions us to receive the miraculous from the Lord that our normal level of faith would not enable us to acquire. Now, one example in my own life uh, where I believe the gift of faith was in operation, and this is a very practical example, is when I was working as a young petroleum engineer in Houston, Texas. I hadn't been in the job for maybe a few weeks working for Vastar Resources Incorporated, and I mention the company because it's no longer in operation. Anyway, I was handed four sizable offshore assets in the Gulf of Mexico as a petroleum engineer. To be honest, I fell out of my depth because I was in charge of several thousand barrels of oil production per day, right out of college. To top that, my boss wasn't always available to consult on key issues. Not that he was a bad boss, he just wasn't around that much because of the demands placed on him. Anyway, the point I'm making is this. I was given the task, along with my geologist and geophysicist, to drill an oil well on one of the assets. This cost about $5 million back in 1999, so you can see how important it was to be successful. To cut a long story short, one well led to another, and we took the asset from 800 barrels a day to about 7,000 barrels per day within a six-month period. That's a nine-fold increase of oil production and a sizable gain in reserves beneath the ground. And heck, we even came in well under budget for all the wells we drilled. As a result, this got the attention of the senior people within the company, and I ended up presenting to the CEO on several occasions. I give God all of the glory, to be honest, friend, because it felt like he was working miraculously through my career. And the embarrassing part was that I would get grilled by some of the senior engineers and management as to why I drilled in certain areas in the oil reservoir. But to be honest, I drilled where I felt the Holy Spirit told us to. <laughs> it was funny because I couldn't always provide a logical explanation for their line of questioning as to why I drilled in certain parts of the reservoir, which caused further frustration on their part. Friend, the decision to drill anywhere is a team decision. We have to reach a consensus with the entire team. And sometimes when we were going in a direction that I felt was wrong, I wouldn't even open my mouth. And somehow the Lord changed the hearts of the, of the other members of the team. 
And I will also give a shout out to my team members. One of them was from Panama. He was a great guy, another mature American gentleman. And these guys saw that it was my first rodeo and they were being very gracious with me. Uh, so I couldn't have done it without them either. This is the gift of faith because I was operating supernaturally above my natural ability and my level of faith. I couldn't have done it, honestly, at the level of faith I was operating, but God bestowed this gift, and I trusted in him nonetheless. I knew he was directing me. If you don't have peace in your heart about a decision, friend, in life, stop. Many times in engineering especially, or even consulting, our exploration or development team would reach a consensus of where to drill next. But my gut didn't agree, even though all the calculations lined up and they looked great. I'm not saying that we got it right every time either. There were some mistakes made, obviously. But the more attuned I was to my spirit, man, the more successful I would be. And that is where the difference of the soul and the spirit are separate. In your soul, your mind, your will and emotions, you can reason through and come to a decision and say, you know what, this is the decision I'm going to make. But all the while your spirit man inside of you is going, eh, don't do it. This is the wrong decision. And friend, we just trusted God. I trusted God and, and we were blessed and, and we got bonuses that year that were through the roof. And obviously I gave some of them back to the Lord because he was the one who was doing it in the first place. But friend, God will bless you on your job. Have faith that he can do above and beyond all you can ask or think in the workplace, in your vocation. The gift of faith can operate in this area. It's very powerful. Friend, just dedicate your work to the Lord. As it says in Colossians 3.23, do it heartily for the Lord and not unto men, and he will bless it. This, my friend, is possible in your life too. God can bless you miraculously, and you won't always know why or how. I know this story might sound a bit crazy, but it's true. And I will give you several more examples in the coming days where God used other gifts in my life. So stay tuned as we study the gift of healing. And in the meantime, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you about when the gifts of the Holy Spirit were used in your life, especially this gift of faith. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.